1: proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field.
0: Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hellers don't have to go away.
1: It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the O-H-I-O podcast. Oh, IO! Welcome back to the O-H-I-O podcast, everybody. I am Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. How's it going this evening, Mr. Wilds?
0: Well, I'll tell you, Eric, a little, little strained on the voice, but I'll tell you what. Great evening. Beautiful weekend out here. Uh, to, well, at least beautiful day today. And, uh, you know, doing a little bit better than last week when, as the show went on, my eye decided to swell shut. Yeah, so, kind of looked like rocky at the end after fighting apollo creed you know last week but uh yeah this week doing a whole lot better than that
1: yo adrian right yo adrian <laughs> paul buckeye what is happening guys paul thank you so much for the comments uh, that you gave us on youtube this week we really appreciate that glad that you're joined in this week to watch the live show this evening welcome to the live show paul facebook user good evening gentlemen hey if you're not watching on our business page on facebook or youtube we don't know who you are if this is whoever this is if this is uh blake again uh let us know who you are uh, if you're watching on our personal pages or on the uh ohio podcast group page we don't when you comment we don't know who you are um so youtube and our business page allows us to see who you are like this gentleman What up, guys? Ryan Ryan Wickerham. There he is. Okay, guys. So some cool things here. We turn four. We are four years old as of today. Uh, Oh, thank you so much. Emily said, it's me, Emily. Emily, welcome in. We're glad to have you this evening. Um, So the podcast turns four this, this month. We're calling it our podcast month. Um, we officially turned, will turn four on July 5th of this year. That's when we uh, got uh, the acknowledgement from the U.S. government that the OHIO podcast was a real thing. But our first episode happened in March of 2019, and here we are four years later, we're doing video, and we've got all of you, our Buckeye friends with us, so Glad to have each and every single one of you with us. And so that being said, we want to invite all of you, each and every single one of you, to come and be a part. We said we had a big announcement of our second annual Spring Game Tailgate out at the horseshoe. I'm going to throw some pictures up here for all, for all you guys to see. This was from last year's tailgate party. That's Chris there in the middle with Mr. Eric Osbeck, uh, a listener of ours. Uh, Travis was there. Travis Jordan, a buddy of mine, and he beat everybody, beat the pants off everyone when it comes to uh, little uh, throwing a little uh, bags there. Cornhole. He is a state champion and uh, it plays on television. He's that good. Um, and so we got to sponsor him a couple years ago for a tournament. I'm not sure if Jordan's going to be there or not. Or, uh, Travis Jordan will be there or not, but Hey, who knows? Um, we also had um, up there in the top right-hand corner, that would be Mr. Mike Wargo. Yeah. Uh, so we, he, he came by And gave us a little visit. We also uh, was visited by Justin Bowman. Another uh, very good listener of ours. And his wife. He came as well. And so we want to invite all of you back this year. So if you're going to be at this year's spring game. We're going to have a big tailgate again. Same spot. We're going to try again the northwest corner of the Horseshoe in the grassy area there. um, So that we can play cornhole and other games and have a tent with some breakfast foods and things and we're actually going to stick around this year and after the spring game we're going to go back to the same location and we're going to host a reaction show right after the spring game and so we want to invite all of you to come right back to the tailgate and be a part of our reaction show. So that is coming up. So we want to invite all of you to be a part of it doesn't cost you a thing. If you're going to the spring game, we want you to come to our tailgate and and that's our way of saying thank you. Uh, Matt Butcher all the way from Australia says, Hey fellas, congrats on the four years job. Well done. Thank you so much, Matt Butcher. And by the way, Matt was a part of our favorite moment from yes. 2022. No doubt about it. Larry Daniels is in the house tonight. Happy anniversary. Four years is huge. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate that. Acoustic Larry as Billy Bob calls him. And so now Chris, the big announcements, that was our, that was yeah. our little announcement.
0: Well, I'll tell you, first of all, let me touch on that, Eric, because we had such a good time. Yeah. You and I played the world's worst game of cornhole ever. Terrible. Lasted, what, about 45 minutes. It was yes. It was awful.
1: Well, then, now let's tell everybody why. <laughs> we, we played house rules, which meant you had to land on 21, and if you didn't, if you were over, you had to go back to 13. And we literally went, you sent me back to 13 four times.
0: At least. You had me nailed. You had me in the ground four times. And uh, somehow I kept coming back with the, the aid of you. Uh, really psyched about this year. Let me tell you, one of the best cooks I know, my wife, is going to be out there helping to, helping us to prep up food for this event. So really excited about that. And you know what? Plan on going to the spring game. Hey, maybe you can go with us because we are going to start giving away a pair of tickets a week uh, give, to get into the spring game. Be our special guest there at the game. Uh, so just, we're going to ask a trivia question every week. And Eric, man, I got a tough one this week.
1: All Nobody, right,
0: Nobody's going to get this one. Are you I ready? Think,
1: hold on. I think I Emily's watching, watching. I think Emily's watching from Emily, Oregon. I,
0: Emily's watching from my living room. <laughs> Emily, Emily's a friend of mine and my wife's. She's living, she's on in the living room with Bobby right now. So this so is, this not, is Emily. not
1: Emily. Oh, no, this so. is
0: someone else. So anyhow, while Eric's getting things right with the sound, let me go ahead and throw this out there. Uh, As I said, we got a real tough question for you this week. We want to know who is the only two-time Heisman Trophy winner in college football history. So the first person to get that into us today is going to win our first set of tickets to the spring game this year as our special guests. So type it up. Let me check the comments here. We'll see if anybody has got our answer up for the only two-time Heisman Trophy winner. uh, I've got a Facebook user who has said Archie, Archie Griffin, Archie, Archie, Emily. (laughs) So Emily has got herself a pair of tickets to the OSU spring game, it looks like. So it came from OSU, uh, it came from Facebook user who identified herself finally as Emily And she is going to be going as our special guest to the tailgate. Guys, make sure you're tuning in next week as we are going to do this again. Uh, We're going to have another trivia question for you and get you going to the spring game as part of our tailgate. You know what? I, I may have been incorrect. It looks like Nate Klein says he was actually the first Facebook user to chime in. You know what, Eric? I can't tell since it says Facebook user. So, I'm just going to give a set of tickets to each of these guys. How about that? Is that good for you? All right. So, we're just going to give away two sets of tickets this week for this question. We're going to go with Nate Klein getting a set of a pair of tickets for the spring game, as well as Emily Ossing also will receive a pair of tickets for the spring game. Okay. So, our first topic, we're going to cover a little bit this week about the combine. We had, uh, Eight different players in the Combine this week, and they had, you know, we had five that actually performed, three uh, that did limited performances at the Combine. Uh, The first one being, of course, C.J. Stroud. A lot of buzz around C.J. Stroud this week. Um, I'll tell you, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see his uh, workout or not, but C.J. killed it in the passing drills. I mean, absolutely destroyed the passing drills this week. Uh, You know, I think if you watch the passing drills and you saw the cane he had versus Georgia and how he was coming off of that, I think you'd almost have to be an idiot to say that this guy is not the number one quarterback coming into the NFL draft. I mean, he was just absolutely fabulous. We also had uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba out there this week. And Jackson Smith and Jigba, he uh, had a really great showing for himself. He had great times in both the three codes oh have we got eric back
1: check one two three four can you hear I me now got
0: eric back all right and eric i just noticed that i kind of switched things around a little bit I hey that's to get... okay
1: you know what i'm proud of you man you I, my microphone died i had to go to the, the old black guy you killed it oh hey but you're doing great keep it and going we buddy
0: little, we, we got a little fuzzy feedback on you right now eric Ooh, but that's okay. okay because we got your voice so yeah, I was just mentioning we had Jackson Smith and Jig out there at the combine as well this week. Uh, he had a really good showing. Uh, you know his his time in both the three code drill where he ran a 6.57, which is well above the NFL average of six or below the NFL average of a six nine, and his short shuttle at 3.93 were really great uh, times. Uh, you know he looked really good with his hands. Uh, he ran crisp routes, had a pretty good broad jump, 125 inches. The average in the NFL is 120. Uh, he had a 35 inch vertical so he really was out there looking the part of the wide receiver one of course for me the big question is he didn't run the 40 eric he didn't run the 40 and i think there's going to be questions that are going to linger until this young man does and it could affect his draft stock uh, i still think he's a he's a first round guy um you uh-huh. know cj you know we talked about him i think cj actually, as I said, he, he's the best quarterback coming off the board, and I think if they make questions out there, absolutely insane. Um, Big Dewan, you know, he was out there. He had all the measurables. Um, we knew going in he had the size, the strength, uh, you know, but he actually impressed people a little bit with his forty time. He ran a 5-3-6-40, which doesn't sound real fast when you look at these four, you know, four flat guys, four two four three guys that play the the skill positions, but man. A lineman that big running a five three six forty is pretty good. He was out running a lot of the linemen who were much smaller than he was. I don't know about you. I think he secured himself as a solid day one pick. What's your thoughts on that, Eric?
1: How does my audio sound now? Any better?
0: We're still a little fuzzy.
1: Okay. I'm trying to figure this out. Hey, the good news is I got a new computer next week. Yes. So, yeah. So this Well, might and hopefully
0: one. mine will be short to follow. But. Uh,
1: <laughs> so... I think that C.J. Stroud, having him and both Jackson Smith and the Jigba doing what they did in the Combine is huge. I think stock up for both of those guys. Uh, Dewan Jones stock up. Um, I think he is obviously somebody moving forward who uh, teams are going to be very interested in. Because of his size, uh, because of the last two years of experience, he's had a big time college football. I think that's definitely something that you need to look into. Um, stock up also, uh, I would say, is Harris Johnson Jr. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, you know, he had the, the, again, good measurables, good solid uh, broad jump at nine two inches. That's you know, 110 inches. That's pretty far for a uh, big guy like that when the offensive tackle average is a 102. So I think he showed a little bit of athleticism there as well.
1: Here's a, here's a question for you, Chris. What's the deal with CJ and JSN being asked about the Bears situation? I'm glad they stood up for Justin Fields. I feel better I feel better. questions could be asked. Don, that's a great question, my friend.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what the deal is. I think Justin did enough to definitely go out there and show that he has the potential to be a, a, a very impressive quarterback in, in the NFL. Justin went out. He had nothing last year, Eric. If you look at the performance by – the bears overall he was working with absolutely nothing and he went out there and put up phenomenal numbers in my opinion i was glad as don mentioned to see that you know cj and jsn stood up for for justin a little bit when asked about that um do i think jsn would be a great fit in chicago oh man absolutely you know justin needs that kind of target to be able to succeed uh but no, I don't. You, you've got that kind of talent. I don't see the Bears moving off of that to trade back, uh, you know, one or two spots to get, you know, a CJ. I, I just don't see it. So I, I think that's a great question, Don. And I'm with you. I'm glad the Brotherhood stood together uh, on that question.
1: Stock down, however, Zach Harrison.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He. He, he did okay with the 25 reps. You know, 24.89 is the the average. But this was a guy, let me tell you, he needed a solid pro day. This guy, I think he has all the tools, but he has not shown himself. I'm like Ricky Bobby here. I don't know what to do with, with my hands. He has not shown himself to be that top-tier, five-star prospect he was coming into college. Uh, I think that his... Oh, your sound just got better, I think, Eric.
1: It did. I I, I got it. I got it. It's computer issue, but I but, figured it out. We're better. Sorry, yes. everybody.
0: But, yeah, I, I think that I do think he hurt himself a little bit by not doing any of the other drills. I think he's going to fall into the same category as, for me, Cam Brown, who, you know, is oft injured, and, and Ronnie Hickman, who I think people are questioning his size a little bit as an NFL safety. These three guys hurt their draft stock by not coming out and showing out at the combine. They're going to have to have spectacular pro days uh, in order to overcome not performing at the combine. Now, one guy we didn't talk about was Luke Whipler. Now, I think that Luke Whipler probably stayed about the status quo. Maybe approved just a hair uh, you know, He did run a 5-1, which is a little bit faster than the NFL average of a 5-2-1. He had a respectable vertical for for a center. He had a 30.5. The average is a 28-8. His broad jump, a hair-butter than the NFL average. I think what Whipler's doing, though, he's still going to be measured off his greatest performance, which was that Georgia game. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he hurt his position. I saw him as a second day pick coming in. I see him as a second day pick going out. I think I had him more towards the third. He may have creaked up into the second. He is not a day one pick. I don't believe unless the team is really in need of a center.
1: I'm with <laughs> you. I think his stock stayed the same. I also believe stock down for Cameron Brown and Ronnie Hickman. Um, they they are going to have to have amazing pro days. Otherwise, they're going to be they're going to be third day picks, man. Um, and I know that's not why Ronnie Hickman came out early, was to be a third-day pick. He came out to be a second-day pick. So we're going to have to see if he can make that adjustment and and have a really good pro day. But you don't help yourself when you don't run. I mean, that's kind of the yes. biggest thing that everybody's looking for. And Interviews, that's what
0: I think if J.S.N. gets hurt a little bit, it could still be on that. There's going to be questions around, can he take and run for distance?
1: I think he's waiting for his pro day run it. I
0: agree. I agree.
1: I also know you're there's familiarity in running it at the Woody versus on a track that you're not familiar with an Indy. So I understand why he would wait to do that. Come
0: on. That's the Buckeye's home away. Well, it hasn't been the last two years.
1: It has not the last two years. That is, that is correct. All right, let's move on to our next topic here. Thank you, Chris, for filling in and taking over there while I had some technical difficulties. No problem. Spring practice actually begins this week, Chris. What are you looking for, and what do we hope to hear?
0: Well, I don't know if we're going to have time to touch on it all, Eric, but I got five real things I'm looking for right now. And obviously, number one for me is who is QB1? Uh, You know, I want to see one of these guys come out and show me that they've got a mastery of that playbook, that they can perform at a high level, and more importantly, that they've got the swagger. I think we saw last year, or the last, the last two years, but in the quarterback battle a couple years ago, we saw CJ had the swagger. There was just something about him and the way he took the field, the way he led the team. And for me, that swagger is important because it shows me you believe in yourself as a quarterback. Because, by God, if you don't believe in yourself, that doesn't give me a lot of hope to believe in you as a fan. So I need to see one of these guys come out there and show that. Whether it's Devin Brown, whether it's Kyle McCord. Of course, I think most people are leaning towards McCord. But as we talked about last week, that gap isn't huge, Eric. So I want to see which one does it.
1: Obviously, it's that's the number one thing. Um, can you have somebody um, grab the bull by the horns? take that position and run with it. And if Kyle McCord doesn't, and he allows Devin Brown to sneak in this thing and make this a better competition, which is what we're hearing. Like you said, yeah. Then what we are anticipating, how does that look throughout the summer heading into the season? That is critical. I think the spring, especially
0: when the second portal window opens.
1: Well, I think Ryan day almost would rather that happen.
0: So he didn't have to make the call
1: so that he doesn't have to make the call that he does. So he doesn't lose both. Um, I can totally see him not naming a starter. In fact, i will be very surprised if he does now, he kind of is leaning on that he's going to name one as soon as he knows Um, based off of his interview. He had about a month or so ago, Yeah. but um, that's hard for me to believe. I just don't know that that's necessarily what we could possibly see uh, happen. Uh, I still think that there's a very good chance that he doesn't name a starter. He keeps his decision close to the vest and he names one, you know, a couple weeks before the season starts. Um, Can I give one that I'm really looking forward to go for it? I want to see the improvement on this defense. Now there was a lot of buzz last year going into the season that this defense had improved and I, I think they they they, they did. Made they made some strides. Now Jim Knowles said uh that he has only put in about 60 to 70% of that defense. Um they were a little bit limited last year and some of the play calls that he could play. Now there's two things about that. Number 1, it's just new players, new system, right? right. There's going to need some time. Yep. Number 2, was Larry Johnson's refusal to play three down linemen and allow that fourth lineman to be a stand up DN slash linebacker hybrid, aka the cowboy position or the yeah. jack position? Is that uh two heads butting each other in a contention and one of the reasons why we just didn't see all of his defense implemented that's a question i've got now given the the immense amount of talent we have on this defense that is something i think that we need to be watching this spring very closely let's look at a couple of our our listeners here Uh, uh don Hoffer says i want to see the secondary get the fundamentals correct every snap, not falling down when I when in coverage and wrapping up when tackling underline highlight the last part, wrapping up when tackling, it is a epidemic throughout all of football right now, not just at Ohio state, not just in college, the wanting to make the big hit to be the highlight, to want to knock somebody out. It's stupid. I can't tell it, it, and creates it causes bad, you penalties. It creates bad habits when it comes yeah. to tackling. Chris Spielman used to always say you tackle with your eyes. You put yes. your face mask in the chest of the ball carrier or the receiver, whoever it is, and you run through them. You wrap them up. I don't know why this is so hard. For people to understand and see, it blows my mind. Don, great, great one there. How about Brad Oberding's? I think Kyle will be solid this year. He's pretty high on on uh, yeah. Kyle McCord getting that position. I, I in don't winnings. disagree
0: that he's got potential to be solid.
1: His number one question are the defensive backs. Of course, we got some new ones, Chris. Yeah, some transfers coming in. So that that's that's again, how do they look? How quickly can they be acclimated to this defense? Um, you know, two solid guys. One a quarterback, which is you know pretty easy. Just cover the guy, right? The other one a safety, which you know everybody talks about this being a safety-driven defense. Don Hoffer chimes in again. The offensive line uh, competing and seeing who will take the tackle and center spots in the fall. That's a, probably one of you on your that, list. That was, on my. that was
0: one on my list. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, especially given the fact that we haven't really hit the portal for that position hard. That means to me that.
1: Not from Ryan a lack Day. of trying, brother.
0: Ryan Day and Justin Fry, I think, are very confident in what they have in Columbus. And that maybe makes me feel a little bit better, but at the same time, let's call it what it is. I have I, called Ryan Day out the last couple of years because we've struggled in those big games. And if we struggle to show that physicality and actually get over the hump in those big games, these are the guys that Ryan Day could be hanging his career on. You know <laughs> I mean that's good, let's call it what it is. So he he better have faith in them. Um, and the fact that he does have that faith does does put my mind at ease a little bit, I believe. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a dive into the portal on that second window either. Yeah.
1: Especially if someone goes down with injury. Yeah. Larry Daniels has stopped those tight end crossing routes on D. So he wants to see the linebackers step into some of those passing lanes. And and Larry, here's the thing about those linebackers. They're gonna have a whole nother year of development now. Yeah. Uh, they could have went pro. Um, I think that Tommy Eichenberg would have been a second day draft pick. Yep. And and I think that Steel Chambers probably could have snuck into the fifth or sixth round. Both of them coming back. I think Tommy has uh, the opportunity to be an All-American. I believe he has an opportunity to win the Linebacker of the Year award. Uh, and I think Steel Chambers, once again, can increase his draft uh, prospects uh, with another good year. He was second on the yeah. team in tackles. He gets forgotten because of how good of a year Tommy had. Uh, Tommy Two Thumbs, but uh, those are those are those are going to be key, I think, to this defense this year.
0: Well, let's not forget that that's not just another year of linebacker, and and actually, it's being mentioned by Paul Buckeye right here. That's that's a year of linebacker with not only Knowles, but with the little animal back in Columbus.
1: Yeah, so yeah, Paul says with the animal coaching linebackers and the talent additions added, we will have a top five to six defense in the nation. Woo! Paul Buck, confident. That would be great. That would be great. We we
0: better, Eric, because Knowles, I think the defense is a big question for me from the standpoint of I'm going to be watching for that. Knowles is supposed to He's in his second year as the head coach of the defense. This guy has some of the best talent in the country on that defensive line along with the best defensive line coach in the country. You've brought in the little animal to help you with the linebackers. That's going to give you more time to focus on the defense as a whole. You've got two really good transfer defensive backs that came in. You've got one of the best young stars in Sonny Styles, and this may go to his. He, he asked, him, "Will Proctor start this season?" I don't think so. I really think Sonny Styles is going to get that start. Uh, I mean, I think that this year I don't know. Do they, I don't,
1: do they play the same position though? I think Sonny's going to be down more in the box.
0: You think he'll be down more in the box? Yeah. I don't. I think that. The, I don't know. Well, they're now, going to he, they're going to start him somewhere. He is going to be in the starting safety rotation. I got to imagine Lathan's going to be in the starting safety rotation, and I think that the third safety is going to be the, the transfer kid.
1: I really do. Ryan says wondering who will transfer as far as QBs. I really think McCord or Brown will transfer. I agree. One will transfer if he if if they think the other one is going to be the starter.
0: Here's the thing that may have helped with keeping Kyle McCord here. Penn State's got a starting quarterback.
1: Kyle McCord's dad played at Rutgers. Yeah. You don't think that they would take him and name oh, him, the they him a starter tomorrow? Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Shiaaona would be doing a be like Bruce Willis and the Last Boy Scout up on the sign dancing a jig. I'm telling you,
1: you know he's a Philadelphia boy, and I want to say that that's not that
0: that far from Rutgers.
1: Rutgers is close to Philadelphia, is just as close to Philly, if not closer than uh, than Penn State is. Yeah. So uh, it's a good question,
0: and don't forget Maryland's right in that area too.
1: <laughs> mhm. Mhm. All right. So we're waiting on Ryan. He hasn't jumped in as of yet, and so that gives all of you the opportunity to basically uh be a Hit part of the questions. show right now. So throw some questions at us, guys. Throw some questions. It could be anything. It could be about us. It could be about the podcast. It could be about the season. It could be about anything. Uh, throw some questions at us as we wait for Ryan to join. As soon as he pops in, we'll go to commercial, and then we'll start our interview with Ryan uh Don says I don't think we will go he will go to Rutgers he will start to compete for a for title so he's banking on him sticking around um or going to a better program um he was a five star uh but you can never you can never outweigh family history and lineage I mean
0: this'
1: Yeah, I mean, uh you, you just never know. So, um is looking <laughs> for a starting quarterback? There you go. Ryan says see you guys at my tailgate hopefully for the Penn State game. So, I'm,
0: at, I'm there in. I'm in. Here you go. I
1: think I think Ryan just gave us the official OHIO podcast invite to do a show at his tailgate for the Penn State game. So, uh, thank you, Ryan, for that invitation. We'll have to put that one down on the character. I know we're planning on going back to Pittsburgh this year. Yeah, uh, I want to go down to Southeast Ohio. Say
0: is, are we going back to Marietta? This I want
1: to. I want to go back to Marietta. That was a blast, man. Marietta I love so Let's
0: get let's get some of these fans who are associated with the the alumni associations in their area from other places. Yeah. Let, let, let's get someplace warm and
1: sunny. There you go. Hey, right, hey Lenny,
0: how about hooking us up somewhere, man?
1: Uh, Larry Daniels asked, "Did Coach Knowles learn a lesson with the zero safety scheme versus that team up north?"
0: I sure hope so. <laughs> I sure hope so because that was just that was humiliating.
1: Oh, I'm I'm still yeah. having nightmares. I,
0: and you know what? The thing that kills me is that the people in in Michigan now have this idea. That this kid is the second coming, and he's just not as good as we let him be. He's just not.
1: He is his his stats TC don't News show it. Yeah, his that da- his stats just don't show it. Um, all right, Brad Olberding says thoughts on the O line depth. Great question, Brad. Yeah, I'm scared. Um, this is probably oh, this is probably the. Least amount of offensive line depth I can remember in a while. Yeah. Now we've recruited, I won't say great, we've recruited good and we've got some younger guys who are developing. And the thing about the offensive line position, Chris, is that is a position where you have to develop. It takes a while. It's not just something that you can just jump in and expect to start from year one. It's so rare to have a freshman who is physically strong enough and capable of starting year one on the offensive line. It takes time to develop even your five stars, like like Paris Johnson jr. And those guys, they all were, uh, it took some time to develop i see ryan has jumped on with us here so here's what we're going to do guys we're going to go to a commercial break now and when we come back we will we'll have ryan and uh, get those questions ready for ryan he covers ohio state for scarlet and game so all these questions that you've asked us we're just going to throw those at him as well so hang tight guys we will be right back in just a minute The OHIO podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. <laughs> All right, guys, we are back, and there is Mr. Ryan Stano. Ryan, welcome to the Ohio Podcast. Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me. We are doing great. We're so so happy to have you. So, first off, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Scarlet and Game. Yeah,
2: so um, you know, first off, about me, graduated from Ohio State. Um, you know, always grew up an Ohio State fan. Um, graduated back 2016. Started with fan sided right after that, which is uh, we're Scarlet and Game. Um, you know that's that's how that came to be. So you know Scarlet and Game covers all. We cover all things Ohio State. So everything from football, basketball, the women's basketball game that was on today. Unfortunately, didn't go our way. But uh, you know we we like to you know cover everything regarding Ohio State sports from a wide variety of. Uh, of voices we got a, a team of writers that write with us and uh it's a nice it's a nice um it's a nice outlet for everyone to get their thoughts on the Buckeyes out
1: Absolutely, and yeah. I am tickle pink to be one of one of those one of those contributors. Yeah. I, I joined in a little bit ago and have enjoyed being a part of Fansided. And the thing I love about it, Ryan, is it's fan driven, man. Um, yeah, I can't tell you how many times I get so frustrated watching inter- uh, the the press conference and think. These guys are really getting paid for some of these questions, man. It's like,, come <laughs> yeah. on. Now, I know you got to play the political game a little bit. You can't always just come right out and ask the tough one. But it is so nice being a part of of something that is fan driven. is is that kind of how you feel as well? That's exactly how I feel. You know, it's a great
2: way for fans to get there for for us as fans to get our opinions out there, get our voices heard because, You know, the the fans are the ones watching the games or the ones spending money on tickets to, you know, watch these guys play, watch these guys coach. So, um, you know, it's a great way for me and, you know, you as a member of our team and our other other contributors out there to really give our perspective as to what we see out there. And, um, you know, it's 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 a great way for people to have a different perspective um, as, as far as readers go, you know, some readers come and they, they want different po- points of view on how the games went, how the players are playing, how the coaches are coaching, how recruiting's going. And, you know, we allow that, we allow that, um, you know, that perspective to come
1: through in our writing. Beautiful. Yeah. Great answer. Here's our first fan submission question for you here, Ryan. Uh, first off, this is from Larry Daniels. He says, welcome Ryan. Can you compare the pros and cons of the two quarterback candidates? Ooh, yeah, that's question. That is a good question. And that's definitely something that everyone's going to be watching this spring
2: or, you know, the two guys. So um, anyone that's read me long enough has, knows that I am a big fan of Kyle McCord. Um always have been in terms of watching his tape and really what stands out about him is his arm strength you know he's got a really strong arm Um, he can make all the throws he can move a little bit which I know he's not necessarily known for but he can move a little bit when he needs to he can get some extra yards and obviously he's got that connection with Marvin Harrison Jr. from high school so you know those two were those two were teammates, so that may give him a little bit of an edge. You know, he's also been in the program a year longer than Devin Brown has, um, and he was obviously a five-star recruit. So I, I, the one thing that has been a question with him, and we saw that in one game that he started at Akron, was the accuracy and the decision-making. The accuracy is good when because of how strong his arm is, but the decision-making is what can make the accuracy a lot worse than what it should be. He, he, because his arm's so strong, he tries to fit balls into windows that just aren't there sometimes. And I think that's what kind of separates Devin Brown from him, is Brown's decision-making was really, really good in high school. And that's why he ended up also being a five-star recruit. He can move a little bit better than McCord, um, but both of them are highly accurate. They got strong arms. And I think it's going to come down to which quarterback has a firm has has a better grasp of what the coaches are asking from them. They're both going to know the offense. McCord's been in, been in there a year longer, obviously, but I think what they're going to be looking for is tighter decision making because turnovers kill you in games and they're going to want somebody who's going to take care of the ball.
1: Chris, go ahead and fire away with a question and then Paul Buckeye, I'm going to get yours next.
2: All right, Ryan.
0: I know the biggest challenge for me is trying to balance my fandom versus my desire to stay objective. Yeah. Now, I think oftentimes, it causes me to sometimes maybe be a little either overly optimistic or overly critical of the team. And, Ryan, and Eric would, I'm sure, tell you, sometimes a little overly critical of Ryan Day. Yeah. So how do you handle this as a fan covering the team? And what is maybe your... Greatest challenge as a fan journalist.
2: Well, that's definitely a challenge. Um, I also find myself sometimes um, kind of doing the same thing with Ryan Day because you know he. There have been some issues, specifically this past year, with the play calling. That's. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I guess you probably don't need to run five bubble screens and a half. Um, and I know that was <laughs> the honor of a lot of fans. You think? Um, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's. When you also when you sit back and you look at it from, you know, 20,000 feet, you realize that he's still done a phenomenal job. I mean, he's made the playoff three out of the four years he's been coaching. That's not something that is easy to do. Um, the players obviously really respect him. He cares, deeply cares about his players. Uh, we saw that with the Harry Miller situation. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not just a coach. He's a leader of men, and he's someone that the players can come in and trust. And... Um, you know, that's that that matters a lot when it comes to coaching these guys. But it's also tough watching someone like, you know, when Jim Knowles comes in, the defense looks really good for the first ten, you know, eleven games of the year. And then those last two, they were stinkers. And then you you know, a lot of fans are like, Oh, you know, he's not as good as everyone said he was. Well, you know, thinking about it after the year's been up and after all the emotions have kind of subsided, you realize that the defense did improve statistically in almost every category. And they were, you know, they were a lot better specifically in the secondary for most of the game. And if Latham Ransom doesn't slip, you know, a couple times in, you know, two games, Ohio State probably wins a national title. So it's a lot of just kind of sitting back, re-examining the numbers because numbers don't lie. Um, right. You know, my eyes lie sometimes, but the numbers don't.
1: Great, great answer to the question, Ryan. Here we go. This one is from Paul Buckeye. He says, who gives us more grief this season, Wisconsin and Madison or Penn State and CBUS? Great question, Paul.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I would say Wisconsin and Madison. Madison's always a tough place to play. I don't care how good the team is or who's coaching. Camp Randall is no joke. And I think he, you know, Luke Fickle. His his team is going to be fired up for him to win that game because they're going to want they're going to want to win it for him. Um, and I know Fickle he didn't exactly get a fair shake when he got the head job here, and his players are going to know that. And I think they're, quite frankly, they're more talented than what they showed, um, you know, last year. They've their offensive line is always solid. It's going to be solid again. Um, they have some talent on defense. I know that they're, you know, they just lost Jim Leonard, but they're still going to have some some really good players on that side of the ball. And Ohio State has shown the last couple of years that they've kind of struggled to run the ball in certain situations, specifically up the middle. And that's a Wisconsin specialty: is stuffing it up the middle. So I, I think they're going to give them uh, more trouble.
1: All right, hot seat, man. Here you go. If Ryan Day doesn't win against the team up north, is he coach of Ohio State in December? It's a great
2: question. Um, I think he it 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 really depends on how the rest of the year goes. If they go undefeated again up until that game and they make the playoff like they did this past year, I think he probably gets one more year. But three losses in you know in a row to Michigan, um, two of them being at home would be another disaster and there's no, no bones about that. And the fans, they really care. I mean, they care about all the games, but they care about that one more than any other. So um, I think if they lose another game, you know, before that, along the way, whether it's Notre Dame, Wisconsin, or Penn state, um, and then they also were to lose to Michigan, I think he's gone, but I have a hard time thinking that's going to happen.
1: I, I, I'm with you on that one. A little bit easier for Chris to think that. I'm. I think, given his uh, his disdain for Ryan Day, I
0: don't last, have disdain for after, after Ryan that Day. game. Oh. I do not have disdain <laughs> for Ryan Day. I simply have an issue with the fact that he can't win a big game.
2: That's a completely fair criticism. Um, I when mean, he,
0: when he wins a big game, when he wins against that team up north, when he wins a national title, I will shut up. Until then, he's going to continue to get this coming from me.
2: Just, I mean, just I poking guess – the bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the big game he's got to his credit was the 2020 Clemson game. I mean, that was that was a, a, a nice win before we're going to Alabama. But, I mean, the results are hard to argue. I mean, lose the national title game to Alabama, lose the semifinal to Georgia, and lose two to
1: Michigan. Those are four of the five biggest games he's played in. So, yeah. you're not wrong. You
0: mentioned <laughs> the Oregon game and uh, –
1: yeah. 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 Chris, do you have another football question? I know you got a basketball I do. question. I do have one. Yeah. Let's, let's stick um, at the football to the end. Cause Ryan also will write about the basketball team. And we, we do have a, a, a couple of basketball questions for you, Brian, but yeah. let's stick the football to the end. Okay.
0: okay. So have to ask, I just read your article you wrote about CJ Stroud running the ball. Yeah. Now you, you'd mentioned that he, that, that's one of his big regrets. He didn't run more. Do you feel this was of his own doing, or do you think maybe Ryan Day was holding him back?
2: So I don't think it was Ryan Day that was holding him back, and I'm not even necessarily sure that it was Stroud himself holding himself back. He did mention at the Combine that he regretted not running the ball more, Um, and I honestly think it may have been some people around him In terms of hey you know if you want to be one of these top draft picks you gotta you gotta keep yourself healthy and you can't take any unnecessary shots or any unnecessary hits that could get you hurt and ruin that that draft stock so i've you know i've been thinking about it and i think that may be where it lies i also do think that if i'm being completely honest i don't think stroud was being completely honest when he said he regretted it as much as he did because he came out multiple times during the season and said hey look I'm not going to get paid to run the ball at the next level. Right. that's a running back's right. job. So I think it's a little bit of some people around him and I think he kind of bought into that line of thinking and that kind of influences play and so really the last game when he really did do everything that he needed to do to win that game.
0: He really did, yeah.
1: Yeah. Ryan, what is your biggest concern for Ohio State going into 2023?
2: My biggest concern for Ohio State going into 2023 is going to be the secondary again. Um, The cornerback specifically. The corners were really, really bad. Um, It it stretches last season. I mean, we saw what J.J. McCarthy did against Ohio State, and he was someone who was completing barely 50% of his passes going into that game. And then he hits three bigs for touchdowns, and, you know, that, that was all she wrote. And a couple of those were bad plays from the corners. Cam Brown misses a tackle on a one-on-one play out there with a wide receiver. And then he scores a touchdown. Lathan Ransom falls down. I mean, he's a safety, but he falls down, touchdown off of that. So um, I, I think the corners are going to be the biggest problem. Denzel Burke did not have a great year. I know he was fighting injuries. Jordan Hancock was kind of the same thing. He didn't really get healthy until the end of the year. But until – and so we find one of those guys can step up and, um, you know, have better outings more consistently because they're going to have a good guy in David uh, in the transfer from Ole Miss, the All-American freshman corner, Davison, um, Eagle Bonham. He's going to be able to come in and he, he's going to be good. So it's just the Buckeyes have to find another corner to be able to, hold up their end of the bargain and i don't know if that's something that they're going to be able to do
1: um so a couple weeks ago uh i wrote a wrote an article about jim Knowles and the defense and got some pushback for some people yeah on that article um do you agree or disagree that i that ohio state can win this year based on their defense i mean they need some things to fall into place i admit that But the, like you said, the numbers don't lie. You go historically look at Jim Knowles a second, third year into a, into a place. He says he's ahead of schedule. They've got a lot of really good pieces coming back. And especially in the linebacker room, a lot of that, a young depth at defensive line is now upperclassmen. Am I off my rocker? Do you think I'm onto something here?
2: I think it's a little bit of both. I think you're half off your rocker and half a little <laughs> bit onto something. <laughs> so fair enough. We're going to find out a lot more about how good the defense is when they <coughs> take on um, Notre Dame. And this will be at Notre Dame. This will be the biggest game that a lot of these um, – you know, a lot of the younger guys on defense will have put in terms of, you know, an atmosphere. Ohio State hasn't played in a lot of – at you know, tough environmental places in terms of on the road in the last couple of years where a lot of these defensive players to play. So I like uh, the fact that Tommy Eichenberg came back is huge because he is the linchpin of that defense. He is, you know, a really good run stopper. He can rush the pass for when he needs to, and he showed at times he can get back and, you know, cover some tight ends and running backs. So he's not gonna be out there against, you know, four, four wide receivers, but he can do a lot. Um, I'm very interested to see what they do with JTT and where they, you know, how they utilize him with Zach Harrison gone, how much more time he gets, because he showed during the Penn State game that he can be unstoppable, you know, in certain games and certain possessions. So it's just more about the consistency with that. I think the defense can win them some games. I just don't think they can, do, they can win games against some of the better teams they're going to face, you know, the Notre Dame's, the Michigan's, the you know, Penn State's, you know, the teams of that ilk. And that's going to be especially true when, when, when we get to the playoffs if that ends up being a possibility.
1: All right. Any other football questions before we, before we turn this thing over to the round ball? Anybody out there uh, who are listening and watching want to drop another question for Ryan, feel free now. Chris, you got another football question?
0: Uh, I don't really have – you know what? While we're waiting, just, just talk, throw us out your favorite Buckeye football memory.
2: Good one. That's good one. Ooh, That is That is a good question. My favorite Buckeye football memory was probably in 2006 when it was Ohio State one, Michigan 2. I was actually at that game. And, um, you know, I just remember the the fake that I, I still thought – how beanie wells got the ball there was that play fake from from troy to be on that you know third and one they threw it deep to ted Ginn and he scored the touchdown i i thought i'm like oh first down and i'm looking i'm like oh troy still has the ball (laughs) and um it was just a great game great atmosphere it was one of the best you know it was probably the best football game, you know, I've ever been to. It was arrived, it's pretty close between that and the uh, 2016 OSU-Michigan game, which I was also at, you know, the double overtime game where everyone yeah. was holding their breath on the JT spot. Those are the two. Uh, it was a first down. It was a first down, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so are uh, you going
0: to the Notre Dame game this year?
2: We had plans to go to the Notre Dame game this year. Unfortunately, though, um, one of my friends is actually getting married on that day. Um oh. So we're gonna miss it. So we're gonna miss it. They're not they're not from Ohio State, so they're uh, they're a friend from back home. So unfortunately, we're not gonna be able to make that one.
1: Larry Daniels asks any scoop on the health of the running backs, Ryan?
2: So, um, you know, they should all be healthy once the season starts. Um, but you know, Trevion's not gonna be there for spring for for, for mo- most of the spring, still recovering from that broken foot and that surgery he had. Mayan should mainly, he should be healthy. Um, Dallin should be healthy as well. So um, it's really going to be once the fall comes around that everyone is finally going to be fully healthy and they're going to figure out what the running back rotation is going to be. Maybe some, I mean, there've been rumors swirling that Dallin Hayden could transfer just because for some reason Ryan Day decided not to play him down the stretch. Um, And, but as far as the health goes, they should all be good to go once the season actually starts.
1: There you go. All right, Chris. Go ahead and ask your basketball question because I'm telling you, you don't want to get me started on this basketball team. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I, I know we're, we're a football show, but I have to ask, you cover Buckeye Hoops. What are your thoughts on the state of the team this year, given the talent they had? And do you think that Chris Holtman will be back next season?
2: So I'll answer the first part of your question first. Um, the season was a disaster. Um, there's really no other way to put it. Um, you lose nine straight games, 14 of 15. So, I mean, they, they ended up finishing the regular season with three wins in 2023 once the calendar flipped. Um, there's no reason why they shouldn't have won more games with the talent that they had, the talent that they brought in specifically with the recruiting class. They had a top 10 recruiting class this year there's really no reason why they should have not been you know at least top six in the big 10 not second to last um as far as chris holtman returning next year i don't think he should but he's going to because of that buyout the buyout is you know about 20 million dollars it's pretty onerous and because gene smith gave him that extent last year when he didn't really need it uh he, he he's going to be back next year now if things continue to go south next year that's when things might be changing but holman will be back next year
0: well' now, see, I've heard rumors too that Holman may leave of his own doing
1: Notre Dame possibly. That, that,
0: the Notre Dame job there's a, possibly.
1: there's a little smoke there but I don't uh
2: yeah uh there, there have been some rumors but he came out and said he loves it at Ohio state he's not going anywhere um as far as on his own volition and like I said, he's he, he's going to be back at least one more year. Now, next year, he might be like, well, I might end up leaving again if things go south. He might leave under his own volition then, but he's he's staying until at least next year.
1: Ryan, where can everybody read you and me if they want to every yeah. now and then? Where can they read you at and and, and tell everybody uh, where they can find your articles and, and all of that good stuff?
2: Yeah, so you can come to scarlandgame.com. You'll have all of our readers, uh, you know, all of uh, our articles available to you there. We cover, like I said, all things Ohio State. You know, there's football tabs, basketball tabs, recruiting tabs. So, you know, we, we keep track of all of it. Um, and also on the main page there, we have a nice little link to your guys' podcast down there, the OHIO podcast. We're proud to be partnered with you guys over here at Scarlet and Game. So, um, you know, we're excited about that. And, uh, you know, you guys can all come check us out at
1: scarletandgame.com. Beautiful. Uh, you're also on Twitter, I believe. So if you want to follow yep. you on Twitter. Uh, we're
2: on Twitter at Scarlet and Game. Uh, game um, on Facebook as well. Um, and I'm personally on Twitter at Ra Stan 19 as well so
1: um come follow us beautiful guys so there you go man go to scarlandgame.com check out the articles uh ryan does a great job writing i wish i had half the talent he does when it comes to writing it's it's he's very talented very enjoyable there's a lot of writers on this beat i can't stand the read uh and, yeah. and you're not one of them Ryan I enjoy, I your, enjoy that. your writing man. so uh, that. I do want to encourage you we, we try to share as many of your guys's articles as we can on our Facebook page um, so look, be on the lookout for that as well and really looking forward to this upcoming season it has been a great partnership so far I've been very happy with Fansided and uh, the the platform that they've offered us here at the OHIO podcast the platform you've offered me uh, to yep. share my thoughts and feelings about the Buckeyes i try truly really appreciate that and it's been it's been a really good partnership so far i i really do enjoy that chris any last thoughts my man
0: well i gotta ask we have three away games this season in indiana
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: is, is there a chance that we might just see an ohio tailgate partnered with partnered with scarlet and game <laughs> on, on site somewhere in indiana We don't names out we do their names out but
2: well, we'll take a look. I mean, I'm here in Columbus, so I will sometimes go out there for games when it's back home. Um there could be a possibility. We'll uh we'll we'll, we'll talk.
1: I've been, I've I've been to Indiana before. Those people are a lot of fun to tailgate with actually. Yeah.
2: IU is a lot of fun to tailgate.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a that's not too bad for everybody. So we are going to go to some away games this year. That's definitely on the dock, especially when we have yeah. six of them. Yeah. This hasn't yeah. happened since what was it like? What did I, was, I read the other oh, day? 19, was, early 1900s or something yeah, crazy yeah, like that? Like, yeah. this is just ridiculous. So yeah. um, here's was a it
0: 1900s or was it 1800s? It might
1: have been 1800s. I don't know. like I thought like, like that. 1876
0: or something crazy.
1: Yeah. So uh, Larry Daniels says, thanks, Ryan, for being here this week. Uh, guys, uh, great show. They always end too fast once they start rolling <laughs> i know what i gotta i gotta i gotta i gotta bedtime guys i gotta get up early yeah. and go to work man <laughs>
2: sorry yeah. we all do we all do <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah brad overding says great show guys appreciate that brad thank you so much my man appreciate uh you coming and being a part with this with us all right guys that's our show for this week again ryan thank you so much for coming in and being a part of that go to scarletandgame.com read his stuff uh put a little jingle in his pocket we don't. It's not like we're making tons of money doing this, man. We do this because of our passion for the Buckeyes. That's again why I love Fansided. It's about our fans, man. It's about Absolutely. the fandom that we have. So, guys, go check that out uh, and come back next week. We'll have a live show again next week. We might give away some free tickets again, Chris. I don't know. I'm pretty we, sure we might. We might do that. Uh, we've got a, we got another guest next week. I, I told you about Chris. You yeah, tell everybody yeah. I'm who's excited
0: about on? that one. Absolutely. Uh, if you if you haven't uh, seen him recently, this guy looks like he could still step out on the football field. We ran into him last season a couple times actually, and we got James Cotton coming on next week. So really excited about that.
1: Yeah, and and o-
0: o- always a good guy to talk to.
1: And James is someone who has sacked Tom Brady not once but twice, twice in a football game, and he'll tell you about it. So James Cotton will be with us next week, so get those questions ready for James, guys. All right, as always, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH to sing Carmen, Ohio, with all your heart. Until next time, OH! IO. IO. Go Bucks. <laughs>